0: Everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GMs podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, you already know. All in the same location for the first time, not dealing with our delay. It's gonna look a little different, it might sound a little bit different, but the three amigos are here. I'm with Tyler Snyder. Tyler, what is up? Uh, you know, not much, George. You know, just living the life at the
1: beach. It's I'm excited to be with my fellow Couch GM, Cody Roadcap. I mean, you're kind of the
0: chair GM today. Oh, uh, chair
2: GM. We but take like
0: what we can get, I guess. I mean, if she was an armchair, we could just put the feet up and relax. But I'll take what
2: I can get. Uh, relaxing is what we're doing. We're all on vacation this week, but we still had to bring an episode for you guys. So that's why we're all together in the same place. If you hear the ocean, don't be too jealous. If you hear the birds, we think they're annoying too.
0: Pretty much, pretty much. But uh, what you can talk, we can hear about today. We're going to up- update with you all of the NFL news. I can't talk already i'm taking the role of cody this week we're just going with it
2: wow called out called out well how about i take over your job okay so what you can expect from today's show is all the nfl news there's a lot happening the first preseason game the hall of fame game is tonight uh it'll be after we record this episode we'll go through all the news and then we're gonna have a fun episode we call it our fantasy pet peeves but it's things that drive us crazy about fantasy and things that you shouldn't do if you're playing in fantasy. So that'll be a fun discussion. That'll be great with all of us here. Um, I know I normally talk off first because it's the hashtag RogersWatch, which we said we're not going to do because he's back. Uh, But real quick, he did have a press conference since our last episode. He did pretty much air out all his his drama. They reworked his contract. Um, We're going to wait and see how it all plays out. He's most likely done with the Green Bay Packers after this year, but they didn't close the door. They did make it very difficult for them to bring him back. But after a whole season, maybe a Super Bowl championship and an MVP, it'd be hard to get rid of him. But we'll have to wait and see, but that's a long way away. But there was a lot other news, and I'm sure, just like most of you, you're tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. So what else do we got going on?
1: Absolutely. Hey, I'll take it right here. Uh, Probably the most exciting news of the offseason, Julio Jones is – signing with the Tennessee Titans. Actually, he already signed. It's happened several weeks ago. Um, But in case anybody hasn't been watching the podcast, I just want you to know that Julio Jones is a Titan. Very
2: exciting. He does this even when we're not recording. So don't every day he's reminded us if you're annoyed of it. So are we, but he's excited for a guy to play four games,
0: especially because he is already hurt in training camp. It's nothing serious. Don't freak out fantasy owners, but he is already hurt. Keep an eye on it. Uh, Real news for this week, as much as this one isn't exciting, Saints signed running back Devontae Freeman to a one-year deal, uh, just bolstering up that running back room during their training camp. We'll see if he even makes the roster, but notable name from past fantasy experiences. Figured I'd throw that one out there. Uh, More important one, uh, Cleveland Browns signed running back Nick Chubb to a three-year, $36 million extension. I think that's great money for somebody who's been a top 10 running back in the league. But we're going to see him and Kareem Hunt together for years. Do you guys think that that's a lot of money locked up in that running back room, or was that a good move? I think it's a good move. I mean, right now, the running
1: back room is their team. I love Baker. I mm-hmm. love the receivers they have, and I think that they have one of the better defenses in the league. But at the same time, when you think of the Browns and how they actually, you know, win games, it's based off of those two running backs. It's If Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt's there to step up and take the load. If, if Hunt's down, Chubb can carry it himself. But if they're both healthy, they're a dangerous duo. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with signing a guy like Nick Chubb to a three-year deal.
2: And let's be honest, running backs in today's NFL, I mean, they don't get paid very much. They're under value. Three years, $36 million. I believe it was $30 million guaranteed. So realistically, he's it's $10 million a year. It's a great value for a guy. Um, and it's so great for a team to have two running backs. You know, we added the extra game of the season. I know as fantasy owners, we're like, we hate committees. But... You can't have enough healthy running backs. They'll both be utilized. The Browns lock up a nice cornerstone for their offense to keep them competitive for the next few years.
0: I agree with everything you said there. I mean, I think the $10 million a year kind of probably puts some mid-10, like, what, five to seven in top-paid running backs. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are paid a lot more, if I'm thinking correctly.
2: Uh, he's probably around the top five. I think he comes in around Aaron Jones, so I think you just still have, like, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook are the two big ones ahead of him? Christian McCaffrey's ahead of them, so probably f- between five and seven. So I think you're about right there.
0: Okay. So a good deal there for the Browns, flocking up a top running back and one of their leaders on offense. Uh, recently traded quarterback Carson Wentz had had a roadblock this, this week, though. He injured his foot. There was a lot going around, and if he was going to... Decide to rehab it or take surgery. He decided to elect to have surgery. That means he's going to miss five to 12 weeks. That's a really big window. Um, and then right after uh, pro bowl guard, Quentin Nelson had the exact same injury, got the exact same surgery again, five to 12 week window. That's two key parts of that Colts offense that are now on the shelf for potentially going on half the season. What do you guys think that does to the Colts? And I'll follow that up with, where would you take Carson Wentz in fantasy drafts now with the uncertainty? I mean, I'll start with that second question. You just don't, I mean, with him out five to 12
1: weeks, uh, there's so many other quarterbacks that you can have as your backup. I think I'd rather have a, you know, Justin Fields who might not step in until week three or, you know, take the chance on Trevor Lawrence or... Uh, Take the chance on one of the other rookies over having somebody like Carson Wentz, who you're going to have to wait for anyway. Now, granted, five to 12 weeks, if it is on the shorter term, if it is around five weeks, uh, he could be back early in the season, in which case maybe he is worth taking a stab at. But my thing is, I don't think the Colts really have that many good receiving options on that team. Like You have Naheem Hines, who... Even though he is a running back, he's a great receiving back. He can take a lot of catches. He can really do something with it. Uh, and you have Michael Parsons. Uh, he Like, you have people – or, uh, sorry, Michael Pittman, not Michael I wasn't going
2: to correct you, but I knew who you meant. <laughs> Michael Pittman,
1: wow. Oh, it's – sorry, it's still early. It's still early for us, yeah. Vacation. vacation. Uh, you have Michael Pittman. Like, they have some options, but they don't really have anything that's too flashy in my mind. So, I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to succeed – Really, as a whole, on that team, anyway.
2: Yeah, I know. I know from the previous episode we did the mock draft. George and I are a little bit higher on the Carson Wentz before the news injury. Um, I will say, like you, I wouldn't draft him unless, like I've talked about many times, if your leak has an IR spot, take him instead of the kicker. Your last round, throw him in your IR spot, then pick up your kicker. Um, he could have a bounce back season. I know before the injury, George and I were both high on Michael Pittman. As a breakout candidate, um, I still think there's that potential for him. It might be later in the season when when Wentz is fully healthy. Um, But, yeah, the Quentin Nelson one, I think he's an offensive lineman. He might actually come back a little bit quicker just because they're they're moving every play. um, But normally they can deal with ankle issues. They can deal with groin issues because they're playing within a small box. Now they still need their legs for power. But um, I think that's the bigger injury news because that offensive line is so – so good they rely on their running backs similar to how the Cleveland Browns are built they're a really good defense they go through the run game and the pass is kind of the third option so they'll make it work and i know they're pretty high on Jacob Easton who they drafted in the second round last year um, so we could see a young quarterback you know overtake it and you know Carson Wentz that's why they put the injury clause in his contract about if he gets hurt and doesn't play enough that's why it's only a second round pick but if he plays it's a first round pick so the Colts are smart at least with that one
0: All right, so I see you're still looking at Michael Pittman around the same spot that he was. I think that reinforces all the other wide receivers in that, you know, offense are out for drafting. Do you, (laughs) exactly. Do you push Jonathan Taylor down your board a little bit then with him missing the first few weeks of Quentin Nelson potentially? Or are you still sticking with he's a stud running back, you're still going to take him in the first round or early second at the latest?
1: Well, yes, he loses that guard, but at the same time, he's probably going to have to be relied on more Uh, you know, you had Carson Wentz before, you were probably going to try to let him run that passing game, but now with him out, um, yeah, they have somebody that they're willing to have step in, and they think he's going to do an alright job, but at the same time, he's not the guy. He doesn't have the experience. You're going to have to rely on somebody who can carry the load like a Jonathan Taylor. I think that all three running backs, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, and Naheem Hines, are all going to have an increased workload now, and we're going to see a lot less of the passing game, unless it's those short little dumb passes to pines like I said earlier, so I think all three running backs are gonna be utilized more now.
0: All right. Interesting. I mean I, I agree with that. I don't think you can fade him either, but I just wanted to see what you guys thought. So uh oh, before you move on, okay. I do think that the biggest hit
1: out of the news for Quentin Nelson being injured mm-hmm. is the Colts social media team. Because I don't know if you've seen the Colts social media at all, but literally all they have to talk about on that team is Quentin Nelson. I've never seen a team brag about a guard so much in my life. But it's like there's nobody else on the team. They only ever talk about Quentin Nelson. They're like, yeah, well, we have the best guard in the league. It's like, okay. So now the social media team is completely out the window. They're going to have to start learning who the other players in the team are.
0: That's coming from a team. who He's a fan of a team who really just worshiped their punter for years and years. So that's that's it's something about that division. Maybe. I was going to say, it's the
2: AFC South. Yeah. They have some, some weird quirks. <laughs> But, you know, we did talk about the Eagles trade of Carson Wentz. Eagles rookie wide receiver, Devontae Smith, is already hurt. Um, I know there was some injury concerns because of his height and weight coming into the draft. Knee sprain, expect to be minor. They're going to be cautious, but it is be out two to three weeks. What are your thoughts on that, George, as the resident Eagles fan? I know it burns you inside. Are you worried long-term?
0: I'm not worried about the injury long-term because it does seem like it's going to be a – He'll be back around the last preseason game, maybe right after he can probably start the regular season. I think the biggest thing I'm worried about is rookie wide receiver, first full year starting quarterback, you're missing out on very valuable training camp and preseason reps now. I think that's the biggest thing. Like He might start a little slower in the first few weeks if he's not this super elite um, route runner like we all hear that he is. Um, And then it could just be another Eagles bust wide receiver for their first year. I think he's a little different than the other people that they've drafted. I've said that before. Um, but you might not see it in weeks one or two now because he's going to have to build more of a rapport with not only this offensive scheme, but the quarterback as well. Um, not worried injury long-term, just worried about him in reps.
2: Well, especially since they're still the leading candidate for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So it could be even a new quarterback coming in mid-late camp. So we'll see how that one plays we out. We already
0: know how I feel about that. Yeah, but I, I did see a, a tweet. at <laughs> Watson
2: a tweet out on Twitter that said that the talks were heating up so take that for what you think Twitter heating up talks means probably means nothing uh but we could see Watson on the move I know he is wasn't practicing the other day in Houston uh but there was you know some big commotion in another NFC East uh NFC East teams practice good old Joe Judge uh his team erupted after and broke out into a big fight. Essentially, uh, there was a hit on Corey Clement. Evan Ingram didn't like it. He snapped back the defense. Logan Ryan said, nope, not on my defense. Snapped back at him. Dogpile ended up on Daniel Jones. Don't know how Daniel Jones got into the middle of the dogpile, but <laughs> that's how we'll go. If there's anybody that shouldn't be fighting, it's probably Daniel Jones. Uh, All-out brawl. I know... Went back to the high school days. Joe Judge made them run 100-yard sprints and then followed up by push-ups. They didn't do it hard enough, so they had to do it again. Then he sent the coaches all away so he could have a coach, a head coach-only chat with the whole team. Uh, so the Giants, tough first couple weeks in uh, training camp. They're already fighting. Is this a sign of just a team that they've missed football? They're still hurt about how their season ended last year, or is this just Joe Judge doesn't have control of the team and... They're not. They're gonna. This is gonna be a ongoing blunder for the rest of the season.
1: I mean, guys, we played pickup football on the beach this week, and we started getting heated with each other over some dumb little plays that happened. It's football. It happens. I mean, you're talking about a sport where you are hitting each other, and now you're in practice where they're hitting their teammates. Um, this kind of thing's gonna happen. I mean, you have defensive players that are, like you said, haven't played in a long time. They're fired up. They want to start hitting people. And you have the offensive guys that are like, hey, we're trying to make it to season. Don't hit us. It's bound to happen. Judge does have to step in there and kind of uh, restore order in the court. Huh? Huh? Wow. All right. Dad jokes all
2: around here on the Couch GM's podcast.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm so ready for these dad jokes. If Daniel Jones would have gotten hurt, you would have seen like dropping dimes. Jones hurt at practice. Like, oh, you could have so many bad dad jokes based off of this Giants fight, but uh, I'll leave them
0: alone for now.
2: That's George's role, anyways. George is the king of dad jokes, so...
0: Uh, Allegedly. I mean, I think mine are even worse than usual, but I don't know if that's even possible. Um, I think the biggest thing that concerns me with the Giants fight is there was some uh, quotes thrown around that were like, if you don't like it, just retire. We don't want you anyway. And I feel like someone on their team did retire, if I hear correctly, after that fight. Like, just got fed up and said, no, I'm done with this. So, I mean, I think we're probably past the period where, like, there's no one else that's going to, but... There was a lot of emotions outside of just the fight. Like Even with the conversation with Joe Judge afterwards, everyone's like, I'm just fed up. He's not really much of a player's coach, I guess. I don't know if he was considered one before that or
2: not. No, well, he comes from the Bill Belichick uh, process coaching tree, so we know they're pretty cutthroat. They like to, my way, very military-esque. Hey, maybe they're just all mad because wide receiver converted tight end uh, Calvin Benjamin was cut two days prior to the fight for his weight. Um, so maybe they didn't. I the
0: point of him bulking up was the play tight end. Then he guess he, he gained too much or something like,
2: I, I don't know. It's too hard to keep track of, uh, with all these tight ends, but that's pretty much the main news. There has been some other stuff going on. We've been tweeting it, retweeting it on Twitter. So be sure to check that out if you want more up to date news and don't just want to wait for these weekly podcasts. Uh, Snyder, I think this might be your first time with our new little segment that George introduced. Um, it's called "Quotes of the Week." George just put together a few quotes. Uh, I don't know. Did you hear the Gardner Minshew one from last week? Because that one was still one of my favorites.
0: Oh yeah, I do, but I can't remember it offhand. I know I'm going to note as soon as you say it. Uh, it was something along the lines of, "I have not done a number two in weeks because number two is not an option." Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to keep it a little bit PG here, but yes. you get yeah. the idea.
2: Yeah, this, week, this week's a little bit cleaner, but George, why don't you hit us off with some of those quotes of the week?
0: All right, last week we talked about Randall Cobb coming back to Green Bay. He opened his first press conference with, my people, I've missed you, and talked about how he can breathe again because he's back home. Like, it, he is all sold in on this. I was not good anymore because I wasn't in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Houston was awful, which, I mean, we've heard a lot of people they say. Are. So, Randall Cobb is just happy to be back. <laughs> Um, We'll move on to Mike McCarthy with a little bit of potential fantasy news for you. Talking about Ezekiel Elliott in his press conference, he said, We've got some younger guys who can play and produce, so it's not necessary for Zeke to run the ball 25 to 30 times a game. When you get to December-January football, you want him to be on top form and be able to run the ball 25 to 30 times if needed. Zeke is still going to be a workhorse back. There's no denying that, but you are not going to see him dominating that offense on that case. There's going to be a little bit more of a rotation. He might take drives off. Let's just hope he gets the goal line carries is what I'm thinking. I don't think this affects my thought for him. What do you think?
1: I don't know. I've honestly haven't been high on Zeke this year to begin with. I think that he has lost a lot of consistency over the last few seasons. He's not that same dominant throw him in your lineup and forget him kind of player that he was when he first came into the league and uh, seeing the way he was last year when Dak went down was a completely different running back. I think as soon as Dak went down, his value just dropped off and we don't know what Dak's going to be doing when he comes back. Yes, we expect him to come back, play early in the season, he'll be fine, but... You don't know. He had a gruesome leg injury, and those kinds of things have a tendency to linger, or, uh, you know, sometimes you have some long-term effects from that. He might not be running the same way. Or even, I mean, we've seen it with players like Sam Bradford in the past. Sometimes you get those nasty injuries, and you have those psychological effects that come from it, where you're actually afraid to take a hit, and you play a different style because of what you've gone through, and you don't want to have to have to go through that again. So, you know, Zeke is a little sketchy to me this year. I think that he's not very consistent i'm personally going to avoid zeke especially at the value that he's going at in the first round
2: Uh, that's a great point uh you know we're seeing him right now with picks you know five through seven would be typically where ezekiel elliott's going Uh, maybe if you're there at seven i wouldn't be So upset to take him. That's probably the highest I would take him. You know, if he fell in the second round, I would definitely take him because you did bring up consistency, but he still did finish as a top 10 running back last year. So he will be able to win you some weeks. So have a few multi-touchdown games. Um, But the carries is interesting because if you think back to Mike McCarthy's time as Green Bay, if we go all the way back um, to, you know, even Eddie Lacy when he was dominating uh, his rookie year in his second season in the league, McCarthy was still consistent about getting James Starks touches. We saw Aaron Jones break out on the league. He was still consistent about getting Jamal Williams and the other running backs touches. He likes to keep his running backs fresh. He all, you know, some say he does the hot hand, but he can also be very uh, systematic about it. This is a Zeke drive. This is a Tony Pollard drive. This is a Zeke drive. This is a Tony Pollard drive. So something to keep in mind, the consistency might be another issue for Zeke. Um, we're not saying don't draft him. You know, if the value is right, the value is right. Uh, but look for the end of the first and definitely jump on him in the second, but don't. I wouldn't consider him, you know, if you're thinking in the top four with uh, McCaffrey, the Henry, the Cook, and the Kamara, if you're thinking about throwing Zeke in that thing, he's a tier below those guys.
0: Him and Saquon Barkley have made that five through seven spot really interesting now. It's going to be a risk. It seems like anybody you take in there, I'm almost liking the nine, ten spots better if you can't get a top four right now. 100% agree. Uh, yeah. Anyway, one more quote, and this one had us all talking here this week, uh, here at the Beach House. Nick Foles, former Super Bowl MVP, when talking about a potential trade to the Indianapolis Colts to again take over for Carson Wentz, said, the version of me right now is better than the version of me that played in the Super Bowl. Put that through your mind. Well, I mean, they're, uh, there's some, there's, some there's some people screaming about, about that one. They really, really feel strongly, strongly about, about Nick Foles, Foles, I guess. Apparently, you know, there's Man. a lot of people that have some
1: hot takes on Nick Foles, <laughs> and uh, I think he's hot garbage, personally. Did you see the way he played last year? I mean, put this through your mind. The three of us all agreed last year that Mitchell Trubisky should be the starter because he was leaps and bounds above what Nick Foles was playing at. None of us like Mitch Trubisky, but we all thought that he should be the starter, now, in what world do you think you should just slot in after playing like hot garbage for the last two years and just take over as the cult starter and just be amazing again? Yes, he had a miracle run in the playoffs, but that's all he's done. If you look at any of his regular season stats, he can't play in the regular season. He's not a good quarterback when there's no pressure on him uh, in those big key situations. And I don't think that the team he would have around him here is going to be anything close to that Eagles team he won a Super Bowl with I mean they did have a lot of really good miracle players on that team as well I mean you can't undersell them so uh you know I think Nick Foles is way too in his head I think he's getting overly confident um I think the Colts would be better off going somewhere else
2: yeah I don't think the Colts should bring on Nick Foles one for Carson Wentz's sake we talked about this like he had to escape Philly because of Nick Foles to bring him in I understand Nick Foles is probably one of the best options out there in terms of value. He's the third string on the Bears. He is a veteran. He does have a Super Bowl win. He did have the miracle season where I th- was it was a 26 or 28 and two touchdowns as the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles starter. So it's wh- I know we're, we're saying a lot of bad things about Nick Foles. It's not that he isn't you know a reliable backup, but that's what he should be. He should be a backup that comes in for a few games. We saw it consistency last year. About with the Chicago Bears, that offense would sputter a lot without the elite weapons on there that Nick Foles needed. If you we talked about the Colts, their weapons, it is very similar to the Bears one, except there's no Allen Robinson. It would be all your Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney's, Jimmy Graham's, Quarterrell Patterson's, all those guys without an Allen Robinson. So for me, I, I would avoid Nick Foles at all costs. I would avoid trying to get Phillip Rivers out of retirement because I heard that he didn't rule it out. He was thinking about that. I know he's a big fan of Jim Ursay. I know there's been jokes about getting Andrew Luck back. I think he's completely done. I don't think he's coming back. And honestly, I wouldn't want to bring Andrew Luck back at this point. You just traded for Carson Wentz. Luck hasn't played for two seasons. You don't need that drama in there. Roll with Jacob Eason. Hope that it's closer to the five weeks. And that's how I would go with it. Nick Foles, you might be a little crazy, though. You had a pretty miracle run on that Super Bowl. It's Um, also
0: worth noting, I think Nick Foles is just trying to get out of Chicago. Well, I don't blame him there. Yeah, agreed. But he had said some things also in that press conference that were along the lines of, I love Frank Reich. He did a great job of uh, tailoring the offense around me. I play best when that's the case. Basically saying that Matt Nagy was not changing the offense to tailor to him or to tailor whoever his quarterback is.
2: Well, I think we've seen that too from Matt Nagy. True. He runs his system. He yeah. runs his plays. That's how David Montgomery can be so up and down because he's he is very much Andy Reid. He'll, he'll run ten pass plays to start the game and then be down by ten points and be like, "Well, I can't run the ball anymore," and have seven carries. Matt Nagy is very much a. This is how we're going to play football. We're going to do it my way or no way. Um, for what and I mean the Bears haven't been too successful, so maybe there's something to that. It's
0: true, um, but apparently uh montgomery's getting 20 carries a game this year don't forget that all that that is true i was on the inaugural uh Uh, quotes of the week very very good (laughs) anyway so we wanted to have a little bit of fun this week with all three of us together we were looking at this episode a couple of weeks ago but we're going to do it now and we're just going to open up the floor and talk about some fantasy pet peeves some things that you guys have experienced in fantasy leagues or see in fantasy leagues still that just drive you absolutely mad We'll just go around the table, have a conversation. and get my list ready. Cody's got a list. I got a list, too. That makes me feel a little bit better. Man, I didn't make a list. I was just ready to go hot takes. Well, that's that's the hot take guy in you right there. there. Eric, you You know what? what? He's pulling his list. Go ahead. You start. Give Give us something. All right.
1: You know what? I got to give you this one first. It is a shout-out to my girlfriend, Shelby. She told me to make sure to put this one in uh, because it's her biggest pet peeve. And you know what? I think it's a pet peeve for all of us. And that is people that auto-pick their team. Now, I understand. Life happens. Everybody sets a draft date, something comes up, you can't make it. I get it. However, there's times where you can make it to the draft and you're like, you know what, I think I'm just going to go out and party tonight instead. Or, you know what, I don't really know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to let it auto-pick and send. No, no. Drafting your team is half the fun of fantasy. If you don't draft your team, then no, any wins you get really are discredited, in my opinion the computer won your games you didn't win your games uh so my biggest pet peeve and her biggest pet peeve is people that don't draft their own teams
2: hey that's that's a great point i i can't argue that like you said there is stuff that life happens we understand that we're not trying to be like jerks about it if real life happens but you agree to be in a fantasy league you said you'd be in a fantasy league it's three hours one at evening one afternoon if it's even three hours depending on it could be an hour and a half most
0: online drafts are yeah an hour an hour and a half
2: so make it happen do that i'll kick it off with my first one and that is it used to be week 17 now it's week 18. stop playing your playoff games in week 17 or week 18. we've seen it before you get all the way to the championship game and then patrick mahomes tyree kill travis kelsey they're not playing because they're already clinched you you hate to lose um a playoff game because your starters are out and i'm gonna piggyback this it's kind of a second one stop making championships two weeks long it's one week mm-hmm. that's how you play it all season long stop trying to say well let's see the two weeks one week make it week 17 this year because and week 18 fantasy's over just enjoy the last football sunday with all 32 teams
0: i'll piggyback off of that just as a reminder bye weeks go later this year definitely make your championship week 17 because you do not want bye weeks in a playoff game that would be a pet peeve that i haven't seen yet that would be a crazy pet peeve for me um do not let there be bye weeks during your fantasy playoffs but my first one i'm gonna kick it off towards my good friend cody over there the people that send trade offers that look absolutely ridiculous just to show interest i would much rather you just message me or something to be like i want this guy or this guy what on my team could you do instead of just offering some low bench guy for two top guys and just say oh i'm interested in this i don't care if you make a note it just drives me nuts opening a trade cuz sometimes you don't see the note little thing at the bottom and it looks like sounds oh sounds like, like trying your problem we are targeted we are so getting targeted right it now it
2: sounds like if you can't open the trade to fully read the note that's a part of the trade packet says hey i'm interested in these people i have no idea what you want what's the difference that's literally sending you a message you literally just asked me to send you a message. I did. But you were you you didn't read it.
1: It's just laid out nicer, saying, here's the guys I am interested. Let me know what you want. It's, it's laid out real nicely.
0: Oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the only one in our league that says it. I think with a league of 10 people, you two might be the only two that actually do it. And it doesn't drive you nuts. So, just had to throw that out there first. Okay? Right, you I make am, good points.
1: I am super targeted here. All right. Well, I'll take it the next one. And... You can target me too. We already know that Cody is going to say that you shouldn't have kickers in your league. We've heard it for, you know, pretty much since we've started this podcast, Cody saying you should not have kickers in your league. But if you have kickers in your league, and honestly, this goes pretty much for defenses too. stop drafting kickers in the middle rounds. What are you doing? Stop it. Kickers should not go in the middle rounds. I don't care if Justin Tucker's out there and he can kick 50 yarders better. I don't care they they're not worth middle round picks go get a nice receiver or a nice running back in the middle rounds that has better upside you can pick up a kicker off free agency every single week and it'll do just as fine as if you took justin tucker in the middle rounds i mean people were taking harrison butker last year in the middle rounds because they thought he was the next big thing i don't even think he was a top 10 kicker at the end of the season
0: no he had a bad year so last year in our league of record butker went i think in round 10 and tucker in round 11 We have an emphasis on kickers in our league because they do lose points for misses. They get four points for 40-yard field goals. Normally, that's still three. We should just get rid of them. Cody, I know. Tyler, when would you take a kicker that's of a top tier if you want to try to get one of those top, say, three kickers? How long would you wait?
1: I think you should be taking your kicker and your defense in the last two rounds. If you really want to get your guy that you are so specific on, then... One round earlier than that. Three rounds from the end. I mean...
0: So in our 16-round draft, 14.
1: Yes. And if they're taken by then, who cares? Move on. Look, Justin Tucker can be your favorite kicker. Oh, well. It's fantasy. Play to win.
2: Well, let's not forget, last year it was Young Hoku and Jason Sanders at the top. Pretty sure both of them went undrafted. Yep. I believe yep. the year before that, maybe it was Harrison Butker, mm-hmm. but uh, Mi Fairbairn, he was up there. He was drafted. Uh, the seahawks kicker was up there the one like two or three years ago I, Myers, i think it was myers he yeah. was the top kicker went undrafted again this is why take your kicker last or don't take one at all if you have an ir spot but agree if you are playing with kickers and i know most teams are and even defenses we've we were this is a lot tended towards kickers but we, you talked about defenses de- the chances that a defense repeats as the number one defense are so small to go out there i think like the dolphins defense the the Washington football team defense, the Steelers defense, they're all getting drafted uh, before the last round at this point. You never know. We saw it with the Jacksonville. They fell off a cliff. We saw it with New England. They didn't—they f- fell off a cliff. A lot of times... Sure it happened
0: with Chicago a few years Chicago, ago, too. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Same thing. The number one defense often isn't the number one defense because they don't get the same amount of takeovers. It's going to be a new team. And a lot of times you're not playing those defenses every week anyway, so it's not worth the... The middle round picks so that that is definitely a great one i got to look at my list here again for mine and this is kind of going to go i should have did this one first when we were talking about the draft but it and and your trade points inactive players again you signed up to play fantasy football either play stop leaving people in your your lineups stop that aren't on by are injured you know stop not even responding to trade offers Again, I understand if it's a pet peeve of yours. Hey, I'm not going to respond to this guy because his trade offer is so bad.
0: No, I, I, and that, I can't. Like that, one of my pet peeves is not responding to trades. I was going to throw that one out next. Still decline it. Don't let it just sit there. But it does affect me wanting to come back and counter you.
2: I got it. No, it makes sense. If you, hey, if that's your thing, don't, don't counter. But at least respond. Again, I know us, we're, we're fantasy. Uh, addicts. That's why we have a podcast about it. We look at our fantasy multiple times a day. We know it's a problem. A lot of players out there don't. They might look at it in the evening before bed, in the morning before work. So we understand it might be a day or two till you get back to your your trade. But we all know you're checking your lineup on Thursday before your the game start. Check your trades. They're right there. It's on the same app. We all have phones in our pockets all the time. No one wants to show their screen time to show how much they're on it. So during fantasy football season, be active. Respond to trades. Stop leaving players in your lineups that are hurt. Because, again, it just ruins the fantasy football experience for all the other league mates.
1: Yeah, uh, another pet peeve of mine, uh, real quick, is the homer. Uh, And I know we've all been guilty of this in the past, and it's something we had to grow out of. A homer is somebody who has their favorite team, Uh, I'm pretty sure by now you should know who our favorite teams are. Uh, Julio got signed by the Titans in case you didn't know. Um, The guy who just drafts all the people from his team and his team only. Guys, look. Or, or, you know, to piggyback off that, the guys who only – or refuse to draft people from a team they don't like. Look, I hate the Colts. I hate the Texans. I hate the Ravens. But uh, if I go out there and, you know, Lamar Jackson's there at a good pick, I don't even like him. He's one of my least favorite players in the league. I'll take him. If it's at a good value, absolutely I'll take him. Uh, I've lived with Colts players in the past. Jonathan Taylor, I'd love to have him on my team this year. Stuff like that. Don't take too many players from your own team. Don't avoid players from teams you don't like because it's still a game. It is still a game that you're trying to win. Uh, Let your emotions when it comes to football yell at your screen. Uh, During the games, uh, be a fan outside of fantasy, but when it comes to fantasy, just try to win. Who cares about who you have? Agree. That was
0: another one right off of my list. So that was a good one. Were um, you running out
2: of prompts? You got a long list? No, I got a pretty long list. Okay, good.
0: Next one. I have I've noticed I had a lot of things about trades in this. So for leagues that have votes on trades and not either a trade committee like we do or a commissioner veto, people who veto trades that are good just because it helps a team that's better than them. Yeah, I- If it's not collusion, it should not be vetoed. I don't care what your entire way of evaluating trades is, that's the law. If Even if it does end up helping somebody a little bit more than the other person, unless it's collusion, it should it should stand. It was somebody else's stupidity that did it.
1: Which, if we're being honest, you really shouldn't have a league vote for trades anyway. Come up with a trade committee, have three people that can vote on the trades that you trust in the league, and let them do it. Because I don't think I've ever seen a trade get vetoed when it went up to league vote and if it did it was usually because of something stupid like usually people are focusing on it um especially if it's a league vote that like you have to go onto the app to vote for instead of like hey vote with the commissioner kind of thing because people just don't check it and then you're never gonna have enough active players voting on that trade to even do something about it so leave it up to a trade committee to begin with and get rid of all that
2: no i i agree and to the same point george said just because it helps another team or that you think that you sent a better offer or that's a player you were targeting and they didn't go with it um so definitely don't veto it the trade committee is a great option or heck just let all trades go through and just let the commissioner oversee it and the commissioner if you trust the guy he should be honest enough to say okay and then he can do his own investigation ask around um but just let the trades go through i'm going to pivot a little bit on scoring. I know we're talking a lot about team building, how the team is played. I'm gonna go a little bit on scoring for my next pet peeve, and that is bonuses. Now, I know some people will say, well, even PPR is a bonus because you're getting a point per reception. That's not what I'm talking about. I've been in some leagues and it drives me crazy that you get bonuses for 100 yards receiving, 100 yards catching. If you wanna add a bonus, make it a point, make it half a point, max two points stop with these 10 point bonuses for 100 yards receiving you're telling me that a a receiver gets 98 yards and five catches that's what 14 points 13 points if it's full ppr now they get one more catch for four yards they're going to be at 26 points Mm -hmm. that's not worth it. get rid of those dumb bonuses out there again it's so frustrating when you're playing in leagues like that when you have a clear shot. It overvalues the the top receivers. It makes those middle round receivers not as enticing because you know they're not going to get the amount of targets. I mean, heck, Tyreek Hill pretty much gets 100 yards every game. Devontae Adams, he gets 100 yards almost every game. It puts so much value on them. So if you're going to do bonuses, keep them small. But honestly, get rid of bonuses in fantasy football.
1: Well, piggybacking off that, if we're going to be talking about scoring, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm in a league that does it and I hate it, is inflated scoring. Uh, Don't make everything worth so many more points because, you know, the points look cooler. Like, oh, hey, we're winning 500 to 450. Get rid of it. It's so much more confusing when you're like, all right, instead of one point per reception we're going to have two and a half points per reception instead of one point for 10 yards we're going to do like uh, 13 points for 10 get rid of that stick with your standard scoring if there's some extra little specifics you want to do in there for like a you know half point per rush attempt or one point per rush attempt or you know a lot your of PPRs points per like
0: first down or something like that that kind of stuff
1: look if you want it, go for it. but if just get rid of the inflated scoring stick with standard scoring i don't care if i'm winning uh 90 to 80 compared to 500 to 450. I don't care about the points being that much bigger. I just care about winning. Inflated points mean nothing.
0: Agreed cuz it's so much harder to keep track of. It's so much easier when you're looking at it, "Oh, I'm down a point and a half. If my guy gets a catch for 6 yards, I win the game in a PPR." I yeah, it's just it makes it so much less fun if you can't follow it as easily. I agree with that 100%. Um, I hate to go back to the draft, but I feel like I have so many I have to knock out. People that can take the entire draft timer every single round. Especially
2: Guess what I'm doing one. this draft.
0: Yep. If it pisses off George, we'll do it. <laughs>
2: Heck, he called me out for my trades. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend all the draft time. But go ahead. Explain your explain your make your case.
0: I mean, we had talked about like, hey, life happens. Sometimes it's hard for people to find a draft time that works for everybody. I know there's sometimes in our leagues that we've been in where somebody can do a draft at 7 30 but they have to leave for work by nine o'clock so you have that hour and a half window and then there's that guy who either is trying to multitask while he's drafting or just doesn't care enough shot to even me. really look and then all of a sudden the draft timer gets halfway done and he's like oh crap i mean then he takes the entire minute and a half two minutes however long the draft timer is every single round and it turns that hour and a half draft into two hours Sometimes, I mean, it's going to happen a couple of rounds because maybe you're looking at two people with three picks in front of you, those two go, then you have to kind of pivot. But it shouldn't happen every single round. Look, I think we can shorten this entire show if we just say that Jordan's biggest fantasy pet peeve is Cody.
1: We can just say that. All righty, well, show, thanks honestly. for watching. It's been a great
2: episode. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I can tell that we uh, we have very different play styles. But, I mean, that does make make fantasy fun. I'll give it to you. It is, it is frustrating when, even though I tend to do it, and it happens more in the later rounds. I Those understand from, that a little bit. Honestly, if you have the first pick, you know you're taking CMC. Mm-hmm. Two seconds. That's all it is. Yeah, click. Yeah. Second pick. If you're Snyder, you're taking Derrick Henry. If you're anyone else, you're taking Dalvin Cook. Third click. There we go. I did two picks <laughs> in 20 seconds. We don't need the five-minute windows. five minute. Windows. Yeah, but five minu- and if that's an issue, make the dr- draft times sm- shorter. Yeah. yeah. Make it a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Be cutthroat about it. If it really bothers you or people are abusing the rule and you're spending way too much time drafting players, definitely do that one. I want to see what else you got on your list that is going to attack me since uh, that seems what you're doing.
0: Uh, I mean, I think I got all the attack Cody off the list, okay. so that, that's good. Um, two of them on my list, again, that you guys said would be the, uh, the homer. I was going to say kind of, though, because I do like the fact that some people will reach on players and it gives me better players in the later rounds. Um, but I still agree. Um, and then the 10 point bonuses for random stuff, like hundred yards. I I agree with that as well. That was also on my list.
1: Well, if your list is done, I'll finish off my mental list. Since I didn't make a list. I didn't know we were making lists. I thought we were just going for it, but it's all right. Uh, so my final one, and then I would just comment on yours, um, is bad commissioners. There's nothing more frustrating than a bad commissioner. And we are just staring over at George right now, but honestly, George is fine. Usually, uh, my biggest pet peeves with commissioners is, one, the inactive commissioner, uh, which is the guy that there's trades going on and they don't feel like checking. Or, you know, uh, we have leagues that the football season is right around the corner, and there's a lot of stuff we got to do in the offseason because they're dynasty leagues, and yet we don't even have a draft date yet. At this point, if you're a commissioner, you should have the draft date set up. If there's any rule changes that should be voted on, you should have those in mind. You should be putting those out there. Uh, if you need to collect... Uh, A buy-in for your league. You should be collecting that buy-in now. You shouldn't be waiting to the last minute. Uh, Let people plan ahead, figure out what they're doing. Don't be inactive. And the second one, and this one's so going to be targeted, not at you guys, but somebody out there, and they'll probably know who they are if they listen to this show, and that is a soft commissioner. Nothing irks me more than a soft commissioner. Okay, I get it. Injuries happen. Bad things happen to your team every year. That's fine. Uh, we were in a league last year where somebody's first-round pick, you know, let us we'll say Saquon Barkley because that happens. Saquon Barkley got hurt, went down, was out for the season, and the commissioner said, I feel bad. He lost his first-round pick. To be fair, how about we just let him have first pick at uh, James Robinson because he was on free agency. Let's just let him have him, and then everybody else can worry about waivers later. No. That's not how the league works. It goes by a waiver system, or FAB, or whatever you have. Whatever your waiver system is, that's the way it goes. You don't just gift players better guys because you feel bad, because they lost somebody. That's not how fantasy works. It sucks. Look, we've all been there. We've all lost key players to our team and had our whole season go right down the tubes because we lost some of our biggest guys. And even then, I wouldn't want to be just gifted good players. That's not how it works. Fight for your guys. Start making some trades. Make some free agency pickups. Do your best, but don't be a soft commissioner.
2: No, I agree with that. I was going to mention the same thing. I'm going to piggyback a little bit off because of you mentioned waivers. Get your waiver system, whether it is FAB, whether it is pickup. Get it in order. Um, I know some leagues, once the game has played, everybody's locked. I know in our league, our bench, if they, even if they played, they are allowed to be dropped. That way, if someone gets injured pre-game on a Monday night game, we at least have someone we can drop that is on our bench. I personally think that's the best way to go. Uh, but get those people that have already played that you can pick up on Sunday out of your waivers. I know the one league I am in, it drives me crazy. It'll say, Shaquan Barkley gets hurt. And you'll literally log on to the app, and you'll see that somebody already picked up Wayne Gallman. And you're like, the game is happening. How are you picking up a player off waivers? it takes all the fun out of it it takes away the waiver process because everyone just gets picked up on sunday you have to be uh more active it takes the fun out of it so mm-hmm. that is definitely a pet peeve of mine that's probably not a big pet peeve because i feel like it's only one league that's ever happened to me and but mm-hmm. it drives me so crazy that please you're doing it get that out like mm-hmm. get it in get it in line you know either have it waiver order or fab they're both have their pros and cons but at least at least figure it out uh, we should probably actually do an episode on the differences between fab and uh, pros and cons. But I guess we'll have to save that for another one. But that's always a fun discussion. But, yeah, seriously, I, I think that's all my pet peeves.
0: I just wanted to say one more thing to go off of what he said here at the end. People who give up midseason.
2: That goes if back to inactive players.
0: You, yeah, back to inactive players too. I mean, even after, like, if they're all invested for the draft and everything else, and all of a sudden someone gets hurt and you're just done. No, play spoiler like you've said in the past. Go try to find a way. There's always ways for you to make your team better, especially early in the season with waivers, trades. You never know what you can get out of people. You know, I mean, like we said, some people are going to win trades straight out and it's not going to be collusion. If you get lucky enough to find that key to the, you know, then go for it. Try to find a way to win the entire time, especially in leagues where there's six playoff teams out of 10 teams, which is most of the leagues that we're in. Almost every single team is still in the race until the last two weeks of the season. There's no point in you giving up because you lost your number one pick to an injury for the season that early.
2: Yeah. And, and to that same point point, if you are at the bottom, don't be afraid to move players. I know it's hard. You drafted this guy in the second round. Why would you trade him for a guy that was drafted in the seventh round? Well, the elite, NFL is played out differently. If you, you, if you're in the bottom, you're in the bottom for a reason. Don't be afraid to move your players. Off last year, I know we've talked about it a few times. There was a big trade in our league. It involved Christian McCaffrey. Everyone in the league hated it because the guy was one and six and he traded me Christian McCaffrey. He came back for one week and got hurt again. The guy ended up winning five of the six last games. If he had to win all six to make the playoffs, he didn't, but he won five out of the six to finish six and seven. Because he he moved on from McCaffrey. My, my team went down because I, I ended up acquiring McCaffrey. I averaged six less points a fantasy week. I know that's a weird thing to know off the top of my head, but I'm a stat nerd when it comes to fantasy <laughs> points. Um, but for real, don't be afraid to make moves. I know I love making trades. Heck, I know at one point we had a, a trade limit of 20 trades. And I tried so hard to get there. He was mad
0: because I wouldn't trade kickers with him and then trade them back so he gets 20. He finished the, by the trade deadline at 18.
1: <laughs> and look okay so we've discussed a lot of fantasy pet peeves and we could probably go on for days about this uh, but i think i'll just wrap up fantasy pet peeves with this little piece of advice um one if your commissioner sucks you need to get a new commissioner don't be afraid to leave the league if your commissioner's inactive so you want to leave the league but I'm not leaving the league, um, even though our commissioner we can we'll worry about that later. But my little piece of advice would be voice your opinion. You shouldn't have a dictator as a commissioner. It should still be a democracy. Uh, make moves in the offseason. Voice your opinions. Let the whole league vote on what they think the league should be. You know, if you say that uh, you know we have waiver period right now and we want to go to a fab system, Let that go up to a league vote. Let everybody vote on it. Let it be a democracy. Don't just let the commissioner say, no, we have to have bonuses. We have to have this kind of waiver system. We have to have – it's not just their choice. It's not just their league. It's everybody's league. So don't be afraid to voice your opinion. And if they're not willing to make changes, and if this league is filled with your fantasy pet peeves, don't be afraid to leave the league. There's plenty of fantasy leagues out there. You can even start your own, be your own commissioner if you want to.
2: Well, and we also started a Facebook group, the Couch GM's uh, Football Community, if you're looking for a league, if you need players to be in a league that you're trying to start up, post it in there. Be a part of it. That's what it's about, you know, trying to find active players that want to play fantasy football or heck, just want to talk about football because sometimes you're the only person in your family, only person in your friend group that's really into football and you just need someone else to discuss the latest news and notes for. Uh, but guys, this is a fun episode. It's been so great being in the same place for once. Uh, hopefully, we can do some more together during the season. I know we will be going back remotely uh, coming up, but preseason is among us. We talked about it. But as always, thanks for listening to another episode of the Couch GMs. It's been a good one, but the beach is calling my name. I don't know about you
0: guys. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Do your thing. I've been trying to keep your spirit
0: alive while you're gone.
1: Hey, guys, listen. This league and this uh, League. Wow. <laughs> I've been gone for so long, it's been uh, Man. really getting to <laughs> my head, but this podcast is so much more fun for us and so much more fun for you if you get involved. So please like us on social media, comment with us, talk some trash, uh, reach out to us if you need some advice, or if you just want to say, George, you do seem like a horrible commissioner uh, and you need to get out of there. That's fine. All of that is great. Trust me. Like I said, More fun for us, more fun for you if you get
0: involved. So please, get involved. And if you have any friends who are looking to get started in fantasy football, the how-to series is started. It's posted on our YouTube, and the links are on our Facebook page. Please go ahead, check it out. Share with your friends who you want to get started. For co-commissioner number one and co-commissioner number two, I mean Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kirk, and we'll see you all next week. Woo! Nice.